Welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. I'm your host, Bo Kennedy. Join us as we go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. I got a great episode for you today. Um, it's, I'm really excited about this one because today I have Tom Warner. He was recently on Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, the new series that they brought back. He's on episode five about the Berkshire, Berkshire UFO encounters. Um, Tom shared his story there, but I just wanted to know more about it. And I reached out to him via email, and he was kind enough to come onto the show and talk to us today. So, with no further delay, let's go ahead, go ahead and talk to Tom. Well, hey, Bo, uh, thanks a lot for calling me and, and reaching out to me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you and um, just say hello to all your listeners out there. And uh, I hope you get a chance to watch Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Episode, they're all good episodes, by the way. Of course, I prefer episode five because I was uh, featured <laughs> in it. That's my favorite too, Tom. Oh, thanks, thanks, Bo. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> so, Bo, what are your questions here that you're uh, wondering about? Uh... Well, I have a few questions. Um, I would love for you to just, you know, if we would like to just start at the top and kind of just, if you don't run mind, through it. Yeah, if if it's not too much All for right. you. To I, no, no, it's you know it's okay. We're we're on the rocking chair here. We're all right, you know. All right. Um, so anyway, I was at my neighbor's house. It was Labor Day. It was hot, ninety degrees. You know that sticky kind of hot, you know, which was unusual that time of year. And I went over to my neighbor's because I loved my art form that I did at the time. I was a Crayola man at the time, you know. And so we were just drawing and everything and listening. I believe the record was uh, Safari's Wipeout. I don't know if you know that song. You'll have, you'll have to YouTube that one, by well, anyway. <laughs> Oh, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> that one, okay? Yeah. So anyway, all of a sudden, I just get this strange feeling, and I put my crayons down, and Debbie looks at me, and she goes, are we drawing anymore? I said, coloring? I said, I don't think so. And I walked to the window, and I looked towards Lake Mansfield in Simon's Rock area, and I got this mental telepathy. Now, I had mental telepathy before, but this was almost like it was really, really real. It's like this is going to really prove something to me. And I said, tell you, i got to go home. And she goes, why? I said, I think God's talking to me from those clouds. And, you know, I mean, I was raised, raised Irish Catholic, so what else would be talking to me from clouds? And I bolted out of there. I left the room in the back, and then you went through a living room and into the kitchen where Debbie's sister and grandmother were. And I just looked at them, and they looked, the look on their face told me I looked pretty scared, and I said, I have to go home, and, and I bolted out. And you went out their door, and you had to go through uh, a dark area, and which led to a coal room, and then a coal room hall out, and you're out into the yard. And when I hit that yard, I was, I was like shot out of a shotgun. I was blasting out of there. And I remember running full speed, and 
I hit this rock, which was a big boulder in their yard. The honest thing was time seemed to be going in slow motion. Yet my my fear was run, run, run. And then I thought like something wasn't quite right, and I looked over to my left, and out of nowhere this UFO just drops out of the sky. And it's just sitting there. And the one thing I remember was just looking at the UFO. Just wanted to take in every, every image of it, which, by the way, if you look at Unsolved Mysteries, you'll see I actually, I'm a watercolor artist, and I did a painting of what I was seeing. And then my hands jerked back, and it was like – it's like you ever when, you, when you're underwater swimming and, and you know, you're, how long you hold your breath and you come up and you suck for air? Only this yeah. was reversed. All of a sudden, the air was sucked out of me. And, I, and then I was seeing images. And and I look to my right, and I see this girl crouched in a corner. And the look on her face was pure terror, pure terror. And then I remember seeing other kids, but, I, you know, at this point, I, I'd see something, and I would look down. I'd see something, and I'd look down. I saw an image of what? Probably might have been an alien. I can't say for sure. I saw another human being look like a human being, but I also saw something that did not look like a human being. And then I remember seeing colors, you know, and I remember seeing a table, and I remember seeing instruments, and the next thing I knew, I was being laid back down on the ground at the other end of our property in a UFO B. Oh, are you still frightened now? <laughs> I, I absolutely am. Because I was. As you're talking, my hand's just going 100 miles an hour, writing down more and more questions that I didn't even know I had. <laughs> you didn't even know what you had. So so the next thing I knew, I heard my brother Bo, my brother Bo, not you, my brother Bo, right. yell to me, run. And I said, I can't. It's holding me down. And this beam, I was so perplexed. How could a light be holding me on the ground? You know, I mean, I couldn't even move. I couldn't even move my arms. I couldn't move anything. And then mental telepathy again said, we'll be done in a minute. In a minute, they said, we're done. The light went off. The beam went off. I could stand up like nothing. And then I just looked at the UFO, and it had to slowly rise to leave the neighborhood, Mm. to clear the trees and leave. That was it. And that was the end for me. And I remember looking back, I saw Bo. I couldn't say which other brothers was there. I couldn't tell you. I just remember I went into shock because I have no memory the rest of the night. And no doubt. Now, the, the neighbor who was on the program, uh, see, she witnessed the whole thing. Is that and Judy? Is her name? No, that No, that was Jane. Jane. Jane Shaw. Jane Shaw was her name. Okay. And we never talked about it. I mean, like, this was like the best kept secret, you know? No one wanted to talk about it. The next day when my mother went over there to talk to, 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 talk to Graham, who was the grandmother, we called her Graham, mm-hmm. she just said, no, we're not going to talk about this anymore. And that was but- it. But... But the the next day, I went to – it was time for school, and I'm ironing my pants, but it wasn't time for school. School was another day. My mother looked at me, and she goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, just getting ready for school tomorrow. And then on the radio station, WSBS comes on, which is the local radio station. And the DJ comes out. He goes, Tom J was his name. And he goes, good morning, everybody in South Berkshire. Well, in the South Berkshire's. Uh, something funny was going on. Everybody was reporting seeing a UFO. And the only thing I could think of was oh, relief that it wasn't just me who saw it. Yeah. That had to give yeah. you a, a feeling of validation at that point. You, yeah. That, when you're 10, you like, you, you like a little validation because like, it, you know, this thing was only 35 feet above my head. Right. That's it. I, it that's very close. Yes, it is. Now, 
the only other person I ever knew that was seen and disappeared in a UFO being was Travis Walton. And that was in 1985. Right. Mine was 1969. So was Travis the first? Was I the first? Does it even matter? You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. What matters is you ask yourself, uh, and I wrote this in my autobiography, you know, why these events happen to me? And and what is the purpose behind all this? And I've come to the conclusion after a lifetime of bizarre, and I call this a bizarre event, by the way, and it wasn't, it was the first, it was far from the last. And the conclusion I came to was, I have a message. And and I had to I had to express that message. And I'll read something to you really quick if you've got time there, Bo. I got all okay. the time. Uh, Go ahead. Well, that's always nice. Here's what I wrote in my autobiography in um, the the intro to my book. And I'm going to read this to you because this best explains how I feel about the whole thing. And this is my intro to my book, Beyond the Stars. I said, how does one explain the unexplainable? And for what purposes does it reveal not only about the subject of UFOs, but the question I get most frequently asked? That question being why Tommy Warner. I never intended to write my autobiography, but over time felt compelled to express this complex story of an amazing event and the life that followed afterwards. After being asked to be on a number of radio shows and two documentaries, I began to ask myself, perhaps I should examine the question to why I was chosen to have all these bizarre happenings. My UFO encounters and my unusual journey did not start with that historic day of September 1st, 1969, nor finish with that day. The culmination of this story started at such a young age and continued through my adulthood. I am but a messenger, and I will conclude the story with that message. My book will take you from my youth and what I experienced before my close encounters then the encounters themselves, and how I felt, feared, and how all this changed me. The subject of close encounters is one that would never go away, no matter where I went. In writing this book, it's not just an explanation for myself and the reader, but perhaps a healing mechanism for some who have may have had similar experiences. It opened my heart to those who suffer in silence. The pain of wanting to talk and the fear of being ridiculed can be overwhelming. So forward, I will go to tell this story in my own raconteur way. When we are very young, our understanding of the universe is limited to our short experiences. Yet as children, we are more open to these experiences that may not make sense to adults. With an open mind, through time, we may gain knowledge in both experiences and understanding of this UFO topic in a scientific way. We do so by asking questions and never fearing the questions nor the answers freeing the mind to possibilities that perhaps we are not alone in the universe, understanding that perhaps one day we can get there by travel to worlds far beyond ours and understand their worlds beyond the stars. That was excellent. Thank you, sir. Uh, absolutely excellent. Um, you're quite the wordsmith. Like you, you, I think you found a way to put Put it perfectly, man. Yeah, because you know, you know what? I had some after this episode aired on on Netflix. I had so many people call me, write to me, thank me, uh, because they they knew that the words were coming out of me were truthful. I, you know, yeah. I'm I'm only interested in the truth. That's and it. That's one of the things that attracted me to, to you. Uh, you just seem so genuine on the show. You know, I thought this man's—he's just an open book. You know, for lack of a better word, you—you were just telling it. You're being honest. You—you you seemed comfortable with your story and yourself. That like you—you didn't—it didn't matter to you if people believed it at this point. You're just ready then, to talk. You know, you're ready to well, talk. Well, let me tell you, when you when you read my book, you're going to say, "Oh my," because you're going to understand why I came forward. Yeah, I would love to hear that message. And and it's a complex story, but the very beginning when it started, you know, blooming was on September 1st, 1969. You know, 
a UFO 35 feet. I see colors that I'm an artist. I'm a watercolor artist. I, I try to design colors that nobody, that just, you know, are unimaginable. And yet those colors, you know, you're, the human eye picks up colors and spectrums, but this wasn't on our spectrum. You know, I, I got to pause you just for a second because yep. I've, I've had a sighting myself. And are we paused? But no, we're not. We're not literally paused. I just I had to. Right. <laughs> I got to share this with you. It's, it's about the colors. I don't know what colors you're about to say, but I will tell you. I, I had a, a sighting myself and. I mentioned it on a past episode that mm-hmm. um, when the craft took off, it left a brilliant green color behind it that I had never seen before. Right. And to this, to this day, I, I have never seen that color, that shade of green again. So, That's because you're not going to. <laughs> I think you're right. And, and I didn't know what color you were to say. It's going to be unusual. Yeah, I, I didn't know what color you were going to say, and I didn't want to say, oh, I saw well, it too. No, these were all different colors. There was, in the middle was a bank of lights were going one way. The other part of the UFO was going another way, and the bottom part was going another way. It was going in three different ways. There there was no found. The, the August, the September crickets just disappeared. It was gone. All noise was gone. It's like sucked out. You could hear a pin drop. It was so quiet just before that happened. And I heard no noise, nothing. You know, not even a rustle of a leaf. Right. It was that quiet. And and that's what was just so stunning to me. That I, I became aware of it right then. And that's why I was aware of it, because that happened just before... I looked to my left, and it's what made me look was the silence. It was just like, just so alarming. It was just so alarming, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen a lot in my life, but that was the first time <laughs> that I've seen anything so bizarre. But, you know, someone said, were you scared? Of course I was scared. Are you kidding me? Ten years yeah. old? You know? Absolutely. And And here's the thing, you know. Someone else. It was written in a in a in a UK. I think it was UK Sun or something like that. You, you know, and and they they say we. It's the other guy said. Well, it was corny to say abducted, but abducted is is when you're taken without your permission, and you're taken against your force. Right. And I was, I I was ten. I don't want to go in a beam and disappear. Would you want to? Absolutely not. I was abducted, and I'm okay yeah. with it. And, and I'm okay with the terminology. And I'm okay that, yes, I was rare. I was witnessed in a UFO beam. And, right. I, and that's just the facts, you know? Yeah. And what's amazing is how many people have called me, even in our county, have said, I saw that same ship that night. Mm. And I had another eyewitness call me, and uh, this guy was a a state trooper for many years, and he confirmed it too. Now, I saw saw the painting that you did on your Facebook page, uh, Tom Warner Watercolors. Um, It didn't look like it was had recent activity, but that's actually where I found your email to get a hold of you. Well, that, right. Well, you know, someone says, well, you're famous now. Well, you know, I appreciate that. I really do. But I was also named uh, to American Gallery, Greatest American Painters. <laughs> you know? So well, I I mean, believe- my, work is in, my work is in the James Weldon Johnson collection in, at Emory University, the James Weldon Johnson Institute. Wow. I was um, I I did a painting that helped save the James Weldon Johnson cabin, and 2016 I was named for the James Weldon Johnson Literary Foundation Legacy Award, 
for stellar contributions to literature and arts. And when they were giving the award, I was told by the, the director at the time when they went to give the award that the last person they gave this award to was the civil rights leader, Vernon, jo- Vernon Jordan. So I was pretty honored with that, too. That's, what, that's so, an accomplishment. That, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done some some uh, things that you could take a bow for now and then, you know. Yeah, I would but say that so. was a proud that was a proud moment for me because I had helped save one of the top ten African American sites in America, and James Weldon Johnson was a personal friend of my grandfather's, and wow. he wrote the Negro National Anthem, "Lift Every Voice and Sing." He was the first field secretary of the NAACP, and so I was very honored that they honored me that with my art and poetry. So so anyway, so when I did this, went to do this painting, I really did it, I really did it as therapy. And then yeah. as I started, I said, this has to be my book cover, you know? And the odd thing about my artistic abilities which I will say is odd, it is odd to me anyway, because I have no idea how I do it, is that I paint both consciously, you know, when you're you're consciously trying to do something, and subconsciously at the same time. So when you look at the beam going down when I'm in the beam, if you look at it long enough, you'll see an alien is reaching down for me. Wow. And if you look at the UFO off to the left, there's the number 69 for the year 69. Now I'll tell you something really creepy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> if we want to really get creepy here, right? Yeah. A little while ago, I, I had to do work on my, my garage. Now, this homestead we're in is we've been in this Warner homestead for six generations. My, my son and daughter are the sixth generation in this house, you know? And so I was redoing the garage, family garage, and I took off the paneling. Now, the pan- it went up in 1969, the panel. And then I realized I had done drawings on cardboard in back of it. Oh, wow. And one looked like an alien. I was afraid you'd want to say that. And the other looked, I mean, just really kind of very... I just got chills when I saw them, and they were all f- very frail and everything. So I took photos before they just fell apart, and you know. But and and I and I drew symbols. I had no idea what symbols I was seeing, you know. And it's all you know, very deep, you know. And it's like I've remembered enough, you know. You right. remember enough, you, it, but I. Th- I think the reason it's so frightening is because we don't understand what was going on and what for what purpose are we there. You right. know, there were other kids. I remember seeing kids on that UFO. And Melanie remembers seeing kids, and then the kids were disappearing. You know, I mean. Now, Melanie. She ended, yeah, Melanie. Yeah. She She's, she's the, the one I ID. Right. Yeah, she's the one that you recognize but didn't really yeah, know. She, Here's here's what happened. So I remember seeing her. I mean, you get an image in your mind. You know, that's – see, the encoding of memory uh, depends on the degree of traumatic events. That's why they call it a post-traumatic event because you can't get that memory out of your head, and that keeps playing over and over. And then for a lot of people, this is very traumatic. Yes. So it's ingrained in you. So when I went into my freshman year in high school, I'm running, you know, I'm going to my next class, and I was getting closer to being late for my class, and I opened up a a door, and Melanie was coming out the other side. And I went, I just took this gasp of a breath. I went, (gasps) and I I mean, we're face-to-face, literally six inches away. And I moved to the side, and she went out, and I'm like, that's her. And then I had to find out who she was, and I followed her where she was to her class, and I said, who is that to somebody? And they told me who it was. And shortly after that, you know, people would, would start talking about it around, you know, a small group would start talking about different events and stuff. So eventually 
I knew everybody who this stuff happened to because everybody would would tell me bits and pieces. And so I knew about her and her family and and was trying to contact them for years. And time went by and everything. And when it came time to do this event, uh, she had agreed to do the event, you know. And how that came about was I saw her again at a local supermarket, and I looked at her, and she goes, oh, hi. And I said, hi. I said, do you remember me? And she goes, yeah, of course, you know. And and I said, can I call you? And she goes, yeah, sure. I said, there's something I need to talk to you about. Because I didn't remember if she even remembered it at all, but she did. You know, and it was, she was so brave coming forward. It, 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 it's not easy. All of them were brave. Jane Green was brave, you know. Yeah. I mean, she's 85 years old. She has nothing, nothing, absolutely zero to prove. And right. her story was, you know, her kids, who, by the way, were neighbors, by the way. She just lives down the road. Her kids saw it but didn't want to tell her. She saw it six miles away but didn't want to frighten her kids. And the whole, her whole life, they never talked about it. Yeah. You know, it, it makes you wonder who else is out there going oh, through this they're same They're coming thing. forward. They're coming forward. And, and they're coming forward because I came forward and I said, okay, it's time for the truth to come out. Yes. Yeah, you're doing a service but, for a lot of people. Well, not only just in Great Barrington. This is all over the world. People are, are telling me these things. And that's why I wrote my book, Beyond the Stars. It was time for me to tell everything I knew about the subject of UFOs, men in black, and every conspiracy, everything that's out there. Just I'm just, I'm just telling it all, just telling it all. Well, I can't wait to get a hold of that book. Human-alien hybrids I talk about in my book. Now, when is this book going to be available? Well, you know, the book I got to, the book is done, okay? I'm doing one last edit and and I have to write one last paragraph because after the show aired, my phone rings and someone says, "Is this Tom Warner?" And of course, I was it depends, you know. And he says, "Is this Tom Warner on Netflix with the UFO?" And I said, "Yes, it is." And then he went and told me his story and I said, "I have to put one more paragraph in my book. I have to Wow. Because his story is very compelling. I mean, very compelling. And what happened was he, his wife <laughs> went to watch the program, and she came down, and she goes, you need to watch, you need to watch Unsolved Mysteries, the UFO episode. And he goes, why? We're watching it tomorrow night. And so the next night they went to watch it, and he's like, oh, it's a UFO. And he goes, then he got, then he got his interest in watching it. But when it came to that painting, he says, the hair went right up on my arms and neck, and I looked at my wife, and he says, holy shit, that's exactly what I saw. He saw you get abducted? No, what he saw was the UFO. That oh. UFO, what I painted, was exactly what he saw. Yes. And he was like, he called me. He says, you validated my life. Long story. Awesome. So, it's for me. It's it's not about the book. Someone says, uh, "What are you looking for?" I said, "I'm not looking for anything. The only thing I'm looking for is to tell my story to get the truth told, and that if it can help other people." And one of the things I said in the do- another documentary that I had done, I said. We're not getting off this planet anytime soon. This whole thing about going to Mars, great. But we're not, our society is not as advanced as we think we are. Other people have come and visited other species, whether you call them aliens, other God knows what, uh, have come, can come here. But if you, look, if you look at time and think back only, you know, you don't have to go back that far to when we were in a horse and buggy. And now look at where we are. Right. But where will we be? And that's the question. Where will we be? And what purpose are we going to be to that point? 
what do we want for humankind? And, and those are some of the questions I ask myself in, in, a, in a very deep and thoughtful way. And I had to just write my book and explain it. And it kind of answers everything from spirituality to uh, human-alien hybrids to other species and UFOs and a lot, of, a lot of things. I think it clarifies a lot for people. Well, I cannot leave everybody with deep thought, you know. Yeah, that, I, that sounds amazing, and I can't wait to get a hold of it. Um, I'll I'll keep in touch with you to make sure I can find out when the release date is. I'll be follow. I'm already following. Oh, on oh, Facebook. I'm, I'm so. being, <laughs> I've been being bugged worldwide, and and by the way, I was asked to do an an article, uh, you know, to do an article about my art in a historical perspective about how my art was affected by all the UFO stuff in a historical well, way. So That was actually another one of my questions on the list here. Did, oh, really? Did it enhance <laughs> your abilities? You know, did it enhance your abilities as an artist? Did you notice that you, you know, started developing the subconscious art form? After? Well, that's not the only thing that developed, you know, like, uh, oh, wow. Uh, you know, um, I, I, went and did different things that were were a little bit more than the average human could do. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about it. Now, if I ask you anything that's not, that you don't want to reveal because it's in your book, just tell me, read my book. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll respect yeah, that. Yeah, it's, 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 very, it's very deep. It's very deep. It covers every imaginable subject including different presidents and are in there and, and different things that you know go very deep you know so so I'll probably get the knock on the door you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope not. You know, it's like okay they already know where I am so it's not like a you know it's not a secret where I am you know yeah you're you're not exactly high yeah our house is listed in Historical homes and institutions in New England in, from the from the get go of our country, so it's, it's it's not a surprise where the Warners are, you know. Right, right. But but the book is the book is complete, you know. The the TV sh- shows out there, and and now it, it's an open door to discussions like we're having. It's 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 why, and and I'm trying to answer these questions in in a way that can help people. Well, speaking of questions, Tom, uh, yes, let me go sir. ahead. Go ahead, fire away. I, I got some. Like I said, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't want to answer them, just you know, if, if you want to save that for the uh, autobiography, that that's fine. Oh, but oh I, that's fine. I do have a few questions. Um, go ahead. I'll answer. One one question I asked you before we started recording uh, is about mm-hmm. when you heard when you heard the voice, you know, the mental telepathy mm-hmm. that, that told you to go out. Um, I asked you. What did that voice sound like? And I would like for it to be, you know, I'd like for you to explain that the same way you did to me on on the, uh, the podcast here. As, as, best, as best as I can, mental telepathy is, is, a, is an indication. It would be almost like if you were getting a text in your brain. The, the message is there. You can't... You, you don't necessarily put a voice to that, but it's quite clear. And I can't say whether it was a male voice, a female voice. It was a voice. I mean, it was communicating to me. It's like when we when we talk as humans, we use our vocal cords. We we have the ability to learn every language that's spoken on the face of the earth as a baby. By repeating and understanding and being shown objects, this is a ball, right? You see a ball, and you say to the baby, ball, you know? Uh, or you see duck, and you say duck. Some, somewhere in the world in France uh, or, or, or Canada and Quebec, they say canard. And they say, oh, canard, right? So, so you relate to sounds with objects. But mental telepathy has no it, it, it has no language. It has the the images of what you need to do to 
to communicate, it's communicated to you because you know the thought process. English is English, French is French, Spanish is Spanish, you know. It's not in a particular language. It's spoken to you, and you understand it. It just tells you. Yeah. You know it. When you, when you have it, you understand it. You know, that that has to make sense, you know. Um, I, w- I want to say I wish I would experience that, but I don't know if I'd want to. <laughs> but. Well, uh, well, would you want to have it? Because it, 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 for me, it was it's a lifetime thing. Really? So, really? So it's not it's not something. It doesn't happen all the time, but from time to time, it does. And so that's why I'm, I'm coming forward with all this. You know, yeah. there's a there's a movement in the world we're at a changing time in our world we're at a crossroads of 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 human humankind i mean we just we're just we're just so we're a brutal species we're a brutal species with wars and destructions and how we treat each other and 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 and, and to see children starving and people dying and and we're brutal species and we and we need to you know we need to rethink because if we don't rethink there won't be a species left called humans it'll be done and, and do so you we th- need to really smarten up do you think that that might be what these visitations are all about maybe trying to yes. wake us up absolutely 100% i've thought that before too uh, especially it's it's 100% and you know what the odd thing is why did you call me bo because you were meant to call me. Right. Why did that state trooper call me? And he says, I had to call you. Connections, you know, there, I, I don't know how the, 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 the saying was in in Spanish, but I'll try to translate, you know, I'll tell this story. There's a, there's a saying about, you, you, you know, that, that there was, you know, certain people that had these, strange abilities and and that there are no accidents there's only appointments you you are meant to meet people it's not an accident it's not an accident that you called me right it's not an accident that unsolved mysteries called me it was an appointment and it was meant to happen now this one particular i went to this one guy and, and he had a he had a it was called cell to soul or something like that. But anyway, I went to this doctor, you know, just uh, because I was a painting contractor, I did the usual checkup on skin just to do a, a, a yearly five-year physical or something like that. And the guy, he turns off the light, you know, he's a you know, skin doctor, and he has his blue light and he hesitates and he turns the light back off. Done. And he turns it off, and he does it again. He turns it off, and I said, Doc, is there something wrong? He says, you know, there's a legend. He said, some people glow. So, uh, as some <laughs> I don't remember what he said, where, where it was. came from. He says, that some people glow. And he looked at me and says, your body glows. And I thought, huh, I guess it's just what I am yeah and and you have to I just accept it you know yeah I mean you know for the longest time I'm like I'm not talking about this I'm done with this all this stuff but more and more came out and people asked and, and after I did that show I wasn't looking for validation for myself I was just looking for to help others you know because you know I've I've had enough things that I've accomplished, you know, art. I mean, greatest American artist, <laughs> I was named to, and and the poetry. I mean, how much more can you can you do? Well, I think you that know, you I have been. I didn't need any accolades. Right. I think that what, what you've done has been helping people, and it's and like you said, you're not doing it for yourself. It's a it's a selfless act. It it might be your one, you know, 
one you're going to hang on the wall, man. It's one of your greatest accomplishments. You know, you've you put yourself out there, and the world has responded to you. You go through life on your journey, and you do the very best you can, but you do so in an honest way to help others. You know the saying about the road to Jericho? And that's how I live my life. I, I try to reach out to strangers. Yeah. I think that's how to live your life. And I I just had to, no matter how much ridicule I took and how much, you know, how many jokes they told about it or, or said, you know, whatever they said, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't. What matters is am I helping, am I helping people? That's all. Right. And, and I hope I helped you too, Bo. You absolutely have. Um, you know, I, I've, well, in my introductory episode, I talk about how I've lived a life of high strangeness. Mm-hmm. And I have. It, and it hasn't been anything mm-hmm. as life-altering or terrifying as, you know, what happened with you with your abduction. Um, but it's been a bunch of just little shit, you know what I mean, all my life. And oh, it, oh, I, I agree. It I built up and built up until I just I wanted to go ahead and start sharing it, you know. Right, and you are, and, and here we are. Out, and here we, here we are. <laughs> yeah. In West Virginia, Massachusetts, you know, two strangers, you know, on the phone that connected. That's all Absolutely. about connection. All Absolutely. about connection. And when you know, good people connect, good things happen. You know, and you got to believe that. Yeah, so, Bo, when my book is out, uh, Beyond the Stars, I'll definitely let you know. I'm yeah, looking, man. I'm looking, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to self-publish, see a publisher. I mean, I've all kinds of, you know, you know, hearing different stuff, you know, and I just, yeah, I, I, just I just want the book out, that's all, just so it can help help people, you know. Well, and, and you and have see examples of of no matter how bad some situation is, something good can come out of everything, even an abduction. Right. You know? and, and, and that's how we, we have to be. And we we can leave this for the book too, or you can go ahead and you feel a little. For, no, no. Uh, our our conversation you can put right on there. No, okay. Put it on your. Our whole conversation we just had. Go ahead. Awesome, man. Awesome. There's a lot more in there, Bo. So you're okay. I know, and, I know, and I'm, I'm still chomping. I got. Uh, let me just have one more question. Okay, two Go more. Ahead, Bo. Two more questions. A couple more questions before you you hit the road here to uh, hit the road proverbial road here. Yes. One, uh, and this is an easy one, I think maybe. When the <laughs> when when the light hit you. Did, was it hot or cold, or did it feel like light? Did it feel like liquid? What did it feel like? What? What? Explain that. It felt like it sucked the air right out of me. It just hmm. took my breath away. The like light a, was so bright. If I could describe the light, the light was this brightest, whitish, bluish tint to it. And and when it came on, my arms jerked back and I was like <gasps> I took my breath away. And then and then I was seeing and then it was like boom, I was there. You know, <laughs> one minute I was here, the next I'm up there, you know? The next thing I know, boom, I was laid down. And when I was laid down I was still in the beam and they said, We'll be done in a minute. Couldn't move. The this light. It was blue, whitish, blue, bright, bright. Oh my goodness was it bright. I couldn't move. It was holding me in place. Think about that. A light. If I took a flashlight and, and put it on you and you couldn't move because I had a flashlight on you. <laughs> you know? You talk about beam me up, Scotty. This not only could beam you up, but it could hold you in place. Right. And stop you in a dead run, right? A dead run. They were saying that I was running in place and wasn't moving. And once that happened, I I had a split second. I mean, everything was, when I mean time was broken down to milliseconds, I had a calmness about me. And then when, in an earlier, someone asked me once, and I said, yeah, I walked I, from, I ran, I walked home, walked from my neighbor. 
in my mind I was walking, but I wasn't walking. I was full speed. And I remember talking to Jane when I asked her, you know, and, and would she come forward and tell me what happened? And she goes, you know, uh, she told me this. She goes, you were running, but you weren't moving. So if I was, you know, it was slow motion, you know. Right. The time is so altered. You know, you don't know. Running feels like walking. Uh, you know, time, time's irrelevant, you know. Right. What was, I'll tell you what was odd about, you know, one thing that really, really took me back about Jane talking and I, I forget whether this is in the, the Unsolved Mysteries episode or not. Before her grandmother died, Graham died, the night before, she called Jane into the room. And she goes, Jane, did you ever figure out what happened to Tommy? And she goes, no, Graham. Is Tommy okay? And Jane looked at her and she goes, yeah, he's okay, Graham, now. And she goes, good. And she closed her eyes and and never woke up the next day. And then she said one more word the next day, and she died. I was her last thought. Yeah. And she wanted to make sure that I was okay. In her whole life, she held that. Think about that. She held that thought her whole life since 1969 to the day she died, to the moment she died. Yeah. Just hoping you were okay. She cared about me if I was okay. That's beautiful. You can't get anything more caring said about you. You know, you're somebody's last thought. You gave me chills just now. I'll be honest with you. I got a soft spot for grand. You know, uh, that that is a that's beautiful. Bo, I want to thank you for interviewing me and calling me and reaching out to me and uh, and making this podcast for your listeners. And uh, I look forward to listening to it. You've got a lot of material there. <laughs> I sure do. Uh, I, I didn't want to take away from the book, but I cannot wait. And I encourage anybody who listens to this to, to look for Beyond the Stars. I will one. announce to you, Bo, when it when when they when it, it releases. I'm trying to. I'm working feverishly to work with a publisher who can get this out in a rapid fashion. You know, I want it out there. So fantastic. Um, well, um, because everybody's chomping at the bit, as they say. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you know? In this book, do you reveal what the alien that you saw the the being looked like? In this book, I reveal human-alien hybrids. In this book, I reveal things about men in black. I reveal things in this book that some may know, may not know. But in the end, it's all about my message, which I read to you at the beginning, what my message is to humanity. And that was my conclusion. Fantastic. And you're going to read things where you go, you'll understand spirituality. You'll understand different things about the universe. I reveal life on another planet, images that were told to me. I can't wait. And, and the only thing I can say about that is, when, if you think back, Paul, and you think to when you were a child and it was Christmas and you're a little kid, and you think about that, and 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 I talk about you have a memory; it's encoded, and so your life is really encoded as you go along on your journey. And if you want a good journey, you're going to encode your life with goodness. Some people don't. They encode, you know, they encode it with other things that's, that's not good. But your life is encoded, and, and you can bring back those memories. For me, it was like they put in another movie in me, images, 
so that I could reveal certain things. And I know it sounds like so bizarre, but it is what it is. And it was what it was. And on September 1st, 1969, I was witnessed in a UFO beam and disappeared. And from that day forward, I began to believe in a lot of things. It has been an absolute blessing talking to you. I really appreciate you taking the time for me. What's been talking to you too, Bo? Really, really. You know, we'll stay in touch. You got my email. We'll stay in touch, okay? Absolutely. uh, If you're on Facebook, if you're on Facebook, I put my Facebook to um, public, and (laughs) so you won't have that in here because after five thousand people, that's it. You're full, okay? Right. Yeah. But, But but friend me before that, okay? Thank you for listening to this week's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did. Please go to wherever you listen to podcasts from and leave me a five-star rating and review. You can follow me on Facebook at The Bump Podcast. I'm on Instagram under the same name and Twitter. Um, If you have a story that you'd like to share, please feel free to message me on any of those platforms and I'll be sure to get back to you. Or you can email me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com. That's thebumppodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, be sure to check out the merchandise that I have now. It's on my Facebook page. I have links to everything. It's on Teespring. It, you can find it as The Bump Podcast or The Bump Podcast Bigfoot on Teespring. I have lots of merch. I got a whole lot more coming out. Um, all of the artwork, I'm doing it myself. I'm designing everything myself. So it's a, it's a lot of work on my end. But I'm just hoping that I put something out there that you guys can enjoy. So thanks again for listening and don't stop believing.